You are listening to Books Are My People, a podcast for book lovers with bookish news, book recommendations, and ruminations on living a literary life in Los Angeles. This is episode 58, and I am recording on Friday, September 3rd. Happy September, everyone! So if things have gone according to plan, we are now the proud parents of a new rescue puppy. We have been a two-dog home for most of our relationship, and when our beloved dog Reba passed away at 15 almost three years ago. We needed some time to mourn that loss, but we've been talking about and thinking about getting a puppy for the last year or so, waiting for the right time, waiting for the right puppy to come along. Um, And when I saw that Hit Rescue had 10 puppies up for adoption, and one of them was giving jazz hands in their photo, I knew that we'd found the perfect dog. So check out my Instagram for a post of our new pup and her original jazz hands photo. I am at Jennifer Caloyeris on Instagram. We've named her Rue in keeping with our Australian dog theme, our other dog, who's seven, is named Dingo. I have been closely following the fires fast approaching Lake Tahoe. We spent a week up there this summer, and I just can't believe that the entire city has been evacuated. It is such a special place up there, and I'm sending all my good thoughts to anyone who lives there or who has a personal connection to Tahoe. My kids are back in school in person. It's very exciting. I had five full days of them in school before we got the puppy, which maybe wasn't the best timing. We have a four-day weekend this weekend. Um, I could have used a little more time, but let me tell you, I got so much done in those five days. I'm still working on revising my novel. I have to hand it in in the next four weeks or so, and I'm making loads of progress, which feels really good. And I find that I work much better on a deadline. I have two editing slots available for September. In addition to being an author and a writing instructor at UCLA, I also do a fair amount of manuscript editing and development. And I have two slots available for 25 pages or less for two writers. So that would be like one or two chapters of a novel you're working on, or a short story or two, depending on the length. If you're interested in having me edit your work, you can send an email to booksaremypeople at gmail.com and write editing in the subject heading. I charge $6 a page. And if you want to read what past clients have to say about my editing and manuscript consulting, please visit www.jennifercaloyeris.com. I will leave a link in the show notes. My giveaway for the novel, His Only Wife, is still open until Wednesday. All you have to do to enter is go to my initial post on Instagram at Jennifer Calogaris, or you can also find it by searching for Books Are My People and leave a comment on the His Only Wife post. It's that simple. Open to U.S. mailing addresses only. And now it's time for some bookish news. <laughs> Fifty bookshops, including independent and selected Waterstones across the United Kingdom, are opening early on September 7th to mark the publication of Sally Rooney's new novel, Beautiful World, Where Are You? I'm so excited to read this novel. And I love that other people are so excited to read this novel and that bookstores are opening early everywhere. In book-to-screen news, the BBC is going to be developing a small-screen adaptation of The English Patient based on the novel by Michael Ndaji. 
This was a really popular movie all the way back in 1996, which seems like so long ago now. The book is great. If you haven't read it, I'd recommend reading it. It's about four people from different backgrounds who converge on an Italian villa due to various circumstances during World War II. The novel Animal by Lisa Tadeo will be adopted to screen. This book is about a woman whose partner commits suicide and she leaves New York for Los Angeles where she plots revenge on a woman from her past. And finally, the Library of Congress National Book Festival is happening virtually this year from September 17th to the 26th. A hundred authors will participate in this virtual festival. I've peeked at the lineup and it's incredible. I am looking forward to so many author talks, including Kristen Ornett, Britt Bennett, Kazuo Shigoro, Ya Jesse, Mary Roach, and of course, my favorite author, George Saunders. I will leave a link in the show notes so you can keep track of your favorite authors and see them speak. Today's episode is presented by Mycin. Virtually every chef agrees that a sharp, well-balanced chef's knife is the essential workhorse for any kitchen. A great knife should feel good in your hand, stay sharp, and hold up over time to the rigors of your kitchen. Simple, right? But behind these deceptively simple concepts are centuries of tradition, technology, design, and craft. Meissen spent four years developing the perfect knife because every little detail matters. Meissen went through 37 different prototypes until they knew they had the perfect knife. The final result? A knife that's a pleasure to hold, sharp enough to plow through even the toughest foods, and a blade that stays sharper longer. The best part is by partnering closely with their factories and selling directly online, Meissen is able to offer incredible cookware at wholesale pricing. Go to the link in my show notes to get your Meissen knife today. Meissen, the perfect knife at an unreal price. And now, onto the books. My first pick is Hell of a Book by Jason Mott, which came out at the end of June this year. I got this book from the library. This book, which blew me away, has a dual narration happening. The main story is about a Black author who's touring for his latest book release, and the book is called Hell of a Book, and he's going across the country to promote it. His character is smart and funny and finds himself in all sorts of wild predicaments, but he's also perhaps at first unknowingly soul-searching for what it means to be a writer and what responsibilities he has to the Black community as a writer of color. In a secondary story that alternates with the plot's main narrative and later converges, we meet Soot, a young boy who got his nickname because of the color of his skin, and he's living in a rural town, experiencing adversity even in his very short life. The two narratorial threads kind of dance around each other, each one complementing the other, intersecting with one another in beautiful, poignant, and surprising ways. This book is part satire, but it is an earnest look at race in America. I just loved every minute of this ride, and I know that this will be a book that I return to in the future. And again, that is Hell of a Book by Jason Mott. Next up is The Kingdoms by Natasha Pulley. This book came out May 25th of this year. This one I also got from the library. I've been using my Libby app to catch up on some of my backlist. This book, which I guess would fall under fantasy, which you all know by now if you've been listening, I don't read a ton of it, so 
We'll call it Fantasy Light, and it is about Joe Turnier, who is at a train station, but he has no idea what he's doing there because he's experiencing some sort of extreme amnesia. He's extra confused because he knows he lives in London, and yet all of the signs at the train station around him are in French. When he asks where he is, it's confirmed that yes, he's in London, but it seems as though the French have taken power. Joe is then brought to a doctor, and at first he's told that he's suffered a seizure, but then later he learns that he's part of a bigger group of people who have had the same experience. Unfortunately for Joe, he's been labeled as a terrorist responsible for bombing trains, and since he doesn't know who he is, he can't really defend himself that this isn't who he is. Joe wonders who the other people are who have experienced what he's going through, and he wants to find them. But what he finds instead is a postcard that's over 100 years old with a picture of a Scottish lighthouse written in English, which Joe learns is illegal. The language speaking English is illegal. Um, Everything is supposed to be written in French. And it's signed just with the letter M. And he is convinced that this person, M, knows who he is and can tell him about his past and what happened to him. I don't want to spoil anything, so I will just say this novel involves some time travel and a lot of interesting and alternative European history and intrigue. And again, that is The Kingdoms by Natasha Pulley. My third book I got from the library this week is The Photographer by Marie Dixie Carter. And this was a fun summer suspense novel slash psychological thriller. This is about photographer Delta Dawn, who is amazing at her job. She's a great photographer because she excels at remaining invisible as she snaps important moments of New York City's elite. She's also a whiz at Photoshop, which allows her to sometimes enhance more awkward families into seemingly perfect vision of a family, forever frozen in time in her photographs. While photographing a children's birthday party, she meets the Straub family and really clicks with their 11-year-old daughter. The family is in need of a babysitter, so Delta offers to help them out, growing close with not only the girl, but also becoming close with her mother and father. In fact, she seamlessly enters their lives the same way she photographs families, sort of with a ninja stealth. But things take a turn when her intentions move from helping this family out to flat out manipulation. I thought this was an intriguing read and it gave me sort of rock the cradle vibes, which is probably really dating myself. And again, that's The Photographer by Marie Dixie Carter. Next up for me is Ghosts by Dolly Alderton. This book was a huge hit in the UK and originally came out in October of 2020, but it was recently released in the US. This book is about Nina Dean, who is in her early 30s, and she's a successful food writer. She hasn't had the best luck when it comes to men, but she is close friends with her ex-boyfriend, even though his girlfriend doesn't really love that. Nina meets a man named Max on an online dating app, and they have one of those incredible first dates, so much so that he tells her he's going to marry her. As a total aside, my husband said the same thing to me on our first date, and we were engaged two months later, and we're coming up on 18 years of marriage in a week, so I guess this approach sometimes works, but 
It does not work in this book because that would be a really boring story. Anyhow, Nina is thrilled about her new relationship, and during the few months they've dated, they've talked about everything from future kids to careers, and then suddenly Max up and ghosts her, which sends Dolly into a tailspin, forcing her to reconcile with her past failures and deconstruct why she's made some of the choices she's made. This felt like a slower paced, more reflective Bridget Jones's diary. It's smart and funny and contemplative. And again, that's Ghosts. Why do I have trouble saying that word? Ghosts by Dolly Alderton. And my last pick for this week is Mrs. March by Virginia Fato. If you are a fan of Hitchcock and the slow burn of his films, then I think you will enjoy this book. This book is about Mrs. March, who lives on the Upper East Side and as a housewife uh, throughout her husband's very successful career as a novelist. In fact, his most recent book was just published to wonderful, glowing reviews. It's his most successful book ever. Um, and so far, his wife, Mrs. March, is so very proud of him. Until one day she's in her favorite bakery and the person behind the counter makes a little dig about the main character being based on Mrs. March. Mrs. March is quite thrown because the main character is a destitute prostitute that no one wants. So the idea that this protagonist could be based on her starts to just eat away at her and consume her every thought. She becomes paranoid that everyone's looking at her and judging her on the street, wondering if she, in fact, is the woman uh, the book is based on, which sends her searching for answers about her husband as they relate to a certain crime that happens to be in the news circuit. This book starts out feeling like a book of manners, but it quickly unfurls, as I mentioned, into a Hitchcockian work of wonder. I loved every second of it. And again, that is Mrs. March by Virginia Fato. Up next for me is A Calling for Charlie Barnes by Joshua Ferris, which comes out at the end of September. And don't forget about my giveaway for The Other Wife, which will close on Wednesday. As always, you can reach me at booksaremypeople at gmail.com, and I will see you in two weeks with author Jen Mikalski, who will be discussing her book, You'll Be Fine. In the meantime, I hope you all have a wonderfully bookish week.